The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Had a really busy day today at Arrowhead Stadium as the Chiefs continue their preparation for Sunday's massive game against the Dallas Cowboys. We are at the mid-season point, so today was kind of the mid-season check-in day as far as media availability goes. That means we've got a big lineup on today's podcast. We heard from Chiefs star tight end Travis Kelsey, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, as well as Chiefs owner Clark Hunt. That was followed up by Andy Heck, Brendan Daly, Sam Madison, and Joe Blymeyer. I know that was a lot. <laughs> But don't worry, we'll get it all into today's episode. So we'll go in that order, starting with Travis Kelsey, followed by Eric Bieniemy, then Steve Spagnolo. then you'll hear from Clark Hunt, then we'll take a quick timeout, and when we get back, you'll hear from Andy Heck, Brendan Daly, Sam Madison, and Joe Bleemeyer. Here's Travis Kelsey. Hey, Trav, I, I asked you last time we saw you, you know, at, at your age, and the, the Dixon bumps and everything like that starting to accumulate, how valuable is you know, I mean, I'm I'm working through all the uh, all the I don't know discomfort, the soreness throughout the season, just like everyone else. Um, I wouldn't think that you know mine is more than anybody's or anything like that. I think that everybody at this point in the year uh, needs to really uh, lock in on their recovery and their their week to week you know progression in terms of how they how they're feeling athletically. Uh, out there on the field, and um, I've just been fortunate that uh, we got great trainers here, um, and it's uh, it's just been you know a work in progress. Travis, how fair is it to say that this this year has been the most physical opposing defenses have, have really tried to get yet in the first five yards? Here? I don't think it's. I'm pretty sure it's been like this since 2015, 16, when I first started uh, to get on. It's probably more so uh, relevant now, just because I, I'm a more vital part of the offense and you're seeing the camera on me a little bit more uh, throughout. And on top of that, the third down stuff, uh, the the calls have been for me in, in some instances and I haven't been able to get open for Pat. Um, and you got to, you know, 
got to just try and keep figuring things out, keep working, uh, have an idea for certain guys uh, that you're going up against, and, and that's where we're at right now. Travis, you talked after the game about having your swagger back. Pat talked about that after the game. Does this team have to play with that kind of edge to, to be what it can be, if that makes any sense? I think it was more so just uh, having fun with a win than anything. Um, I think when we do go out there and, and play with that, that type of energy, that type of mentality, um, of, uh, and, and just that confidence uh, in everybody, you know, not just in yourself, but in, in, in everybody uh, on every single play, no matter what's called. I think that's what we were really playing with. When could you tell it was going to be that kind of night? It just felt like that uh, the entire practice week, to be honest. Everybody's finally starting to really come around, at least in terms of you know the work ethic and how everybody's uh, dialed in in practice and things like that. I, I feel like we uh, we caught a groove last week and we're trying to just emulate that this week. Forty-one points against process. the Raiders. Forty-one points against the Raiders. You know, given how the past month has gone, how gratifying was that for you guys to have that kind of output? It felt good. It was just uh, like I said, it was a fun night for for us uh, on all three phases of of the game, and uh, we're just trying to feed off of that. Pete was asking about being physical at the line of scrimmage. It looked like the Giants and the Packers were kind of exaggerating that a little bit. Can you walk us through the process of how you counter that? Is it some? Is, is there motion? Like, um, I think last week Coach Reed did a great job. Well, it's really the entire offensive staff that's coming up with the, the game plan. Uh, gave me an opportunity to not just be in one spot, be in multiple spots on the field. Uh, motions help me uh, and get off the ball a little easier. Um, it doesn't allow a guy to just sit on top of me. Um, and then, you know, just flat out having an answer for when I do get pressed. You know, having being violent um, and just, you know, trying to work my techniques and my fundamentals. A couple more, guys. Related to that, um, it seemed like there was even more creativity last week. I mean, one, one play you're lined up as, as a fullback on one of the, the catches. How much do you sort of embrace having to learn sort of different spots on the field and different releases because of that? I mean, I just I thanked them not too long ago about, you know, make, giving me that option to move around and uh, always putting the defense in a reactionary position, you know, not letting them kind of dictate what's going on or them take away a certain angle or a certain route. Um, and just giving me an opportunity to, to work my craft. You know, I think it's, uh, it's been so vital to my career, you know, and, and I'm just fortunate that I'm here uh, letting Coach Reed dial some things up for me. Okay, thanks, Travis. Have a good one, guys. All right, good afternoon. Hope all is well with your families. Uh, hopefully everybody's remained safe. Feels good to be up here after another victory, and uh, our guys are working hard, steady chopping. On to the next one. With that said, I'm all ears. You get a little extra joy watching Darrell Williams go for 100 <laughs> yards through the air, mossing somebody for a touchdown. <laughs> you know what? He showed off all 15 inches of that vertical, uh, that <laughs> vertical leap. But uh, how about that? What a great play. Um, Pat steps up in the pocket, not knowing that he was looking for Darrell. There were two guys wide open right to his right. And he throws it to Daryl, and Daryl goes up with all 15 inches and grabs it. That was a hell of a, <laughs> that was a hell of a play. But those are the type of plays that uh, you know our guys seem to make in practice all the time. And the thing that was unique about that is, I thought our guys did a great job allowing their personalities to show. You know, the guys had fun. They enjoyed the opportunity. They enjoyed the moment. And the best thing about it is that we we remained patient and played the game one play at a time. That was the fun part. Regarding Darrell Williams, uh, he had some really physical runs, as you know, particularly early in the game. What, does that do anything for you as an offense when you see those types of plays? And if so, what, what, how do you benefit? Well, first of all, I thought he probably played his best game to date as a professional football player. 
And the thing that we've known about Daryl, Daryl's a good football player. He's smart. He's instinctive. He's tough. You know, he's just a jack of all trades. And, you know, it's not surprising that he's, when given these opportunities, that he's having the success that he's having. He's just a steady, consistent football player who understands that, hey, when that opportunity comes, I got to make the very most of it. But, yes, it is uplifting to watch, not only as a coach, but it's also uplifting as a team, you know. And that seems to pick up the juice uh, when our guys are driving the football on the field. When you mentioned the fact that guys were letting the personality show, which do you think came first, though? I mean, did you feel that before you see the success oh, yeah. on the field? Oh, yeah. And, and that was, that's always been a part of it. You know, coach talks about that each and every week. Allow your personalities to show. You know, we strive to our guys. It's not about being perfect. We would love to go out and play a perfect game, all right? Stop listening and, and block out all the, uh, the excess stuff that is being said about you and make sure that we just focus on us. And the thing about it, I thought our guys over the past few weeks have just really honed in on just focusing on the details of what needs to be done, but on top of that, enjoying what we do and not trying to be perfect at what we're doing. More so than the, than the previous month or so? Well, I'll say this. The guys have always strived to go out there and be themselves. So I don't think necessarily it's more that they're more focused on it. I just think that it was shown, you know, on public display. What did you see in your film review that led Patrick to being much more comfortable in this past game? You know what? I, each and every week, I go into every game feeling confident on how Patrick is doing and how he's feeling. So it wasn't anything different that led me to believe that he would have the game that he, he's, he had. You know, uh, not trying to sound arrogant, we expect those type of <laughs> performances from him a lot. But as you know, sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. So it was fortunate enough that he had a great game. I thought uh, the O-line did a heck of a job of of keeping the pocket clean for him. And you had guys that made some plays on the perimeter. So it was good to see. It was fun to watch. And like I said, I thought our guys did a great job of allowing their personalities to be, be on full display. You got a, a cornerback over there, Trayvon Diggs, with the Cowboys. As an offensive coordinator, what do you need to be aware of when he's on the field? <laughs> when you find number seven. <laughs> and uh, the thing about the kids playing great. He's doing a hell of a job. He's, he's found a way to get his hands on the football. And, uh, and you have fun watching him play because he's such a dynamic football player. And he's had an opportunity to, to, to do some things that have, you go, oh, man, okay. Well, we got to make sure that we're paying close attention. But I will say this, you know, that kid also has to do a great job of preparing for all the guys that we're going to put out on his, uh, on his side, and I know he'll probably end up matching up with Tyreek, so I know that's a challenge itself for him, and also just like it's a challenge for Tyreek. So I'm looking forward to our guys going out there and enjoying the moment, making the very most of it, but also understanding we're going to respect this kid because obviously he's done some great things, and we want to make sure that we're doing the right things when put in those situations. Oh, sorry. If Clyde returns this week on Sunday and expecting to play, how does that change Daryl's um, touches, or do you see that influencing anything on the field? Well, first of all, Clyde, it's good to have Clyde back out on the field, and we'll let all the, the doctors decide exactly what's going to take place on Sunday. So at this point in time, I don't, I don't have that answer for you. But obviously he looks great out there. He's doing a great job. We just want to make sure that uh, – 
you know, that he's doing it the right way, but also making sure that he's healthy enough to play. And like I said, we'll let those people that make those decisions make those decisions. Uh, Josh Gordon's been getting more and more snaps, um, most work on Sunday night. Um, not getting translating into catches, but what's he doing that's not showing up in the box score that's helping you guys? You know what? He's, he's doing a great job of blocking on the perimeter. Uh, first of all, the kid's having a lot of fun. You know, that is a very, very unique room, and those guys got some personalities. They're all great personalities, and they're all having fun. So it's been fun to watch him just becoming one of the guys. Now, obviously, you would love for him to, for the ball to come his way, and unfortunately, it hasn't. But that doesn't, that hasn't, um, you know, that hasn't basically deteriorated anything that he's accomplished so far. And the thing that he is doing, he has a better understanding of what we're doing. The kid works his tail off. At some point in time, he's going to end up making a dynamic play for us. It's just unfortunate that it doesn't happen that, uh, happened over the past few weeks. Thanks, everyone. All right. Y'all take care. Thank you. Some of us are all dressed up today. <laughs> I'll drive in a limo. Uh, good to see everybody. Listen, I'm, I'm just going to open it up. We're uh, knee deep into Dallas. This is going to be a heck of a challenge. I think you guys are well aware of how good this offense is and all the weapons. So we got our work cut out for us, but we'll get out there again today and see if we can't get going. Steve, when you make a defensive turnaround like you guys appear to have made in recent weeks, I know there's not just one thing that, that, that leads to it. Are there some factors you can point to as at least contributing to it? Yeah, first thing I'd say is um, I try not to go down the turnaround road. The only reason I said it is because I don't want to turn it the other way. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. It, we, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, listen, um, it feels better in the continuity realm. Um, having got, well, I, I'm, kind, I'm trying to go back to where, you know, we struggled a little bit, and I, I know that in that period, Traverius Ward was out, and then I remember um, Chris has been dealing with, remember he dealt with the wrist for a long time. Um, you know, Melvin Ingram coming here, I think, has been a huge plus for us. I, I, Frank was banged up. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to blame it on injuries, but it, it always feels better or seems to come together when you can have some consecutive weeks of the same guys. Um, now, do we put a couple of wrinkles in there every week? Yeah, so it's not doing the same thing all the time. But, but the gist of what we do, the 70 75%, and when you can get a, 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 a volume of reps underneath your belt with the same guys talking to the same guy, you know, you know what I'm saying? That, to me, that would be the biggest thing, in my opinion. You know, the last couple of seasons, you know, at cornerback, there's, there's always been a few options that you try out, and eventually Rashad Fenton always seems to, to rise back <laughs> up to the top again. Yeah. What is it about him, you know, that yeah. kind of made him that kind of guy? Well, listen, he loves to play, and he's, he's a competitor, and he's, he kind of fits what we do in that he's a, he's a press corner, and he can get up there. He's got, you know, he's, he's bigger than you think he is. The other day I told him, I said, did you get taller? Yeah, I thought he looked like he grew to me. I mean, sometimes when they come in and they're young and, they're, you know, they're rookies, they, they look young to me, obviously. Now you think he's a grown man, and, and I think he's playing that way, too. Um, I can't point to any one thing. The one thing I would say about Richard is um, we've tried to get him a lot more reps outside. If you remember, he's played a lot of nickel, like he has started as the nickel. He's been the backup to LJ uh, all year long, so he gets a lot of reps in there at the nickel. And then we've finally been able to get him reps, kind of going back to the point I made with him outside, and I think that's showing in this play. Would you mention the Cowboys in your opening statement? 
What makes them a dynamic offense yeah. from your point of view compared to some of the other offenses you've faced this year? Well, it, it begins inside with that offensive line. I think that's a solid offensive line. And they, they've obviously, um, that's been a focus down there for a long time. Then it's the quarterback. Then it's all the skill on the outside. Then you go back to the runner. They've got, they've got a complete repertoire of, of weapons. I mean, I know uh, they got a couple of guys back that were, were injured. But when you can roll two running backs through like that, and they, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they always commit to the run, but that run threat is always there. And if you don't stop that run, they just easily just mow you over. And then the quarterback comes in. It's not just a good quarterback. It's a good athletic quarterback. You know, I think he's a smart quarterback. I've gone through, I've gone against him a lot of times. Um, he can make you look bad because uh, he can do all the things that you need to do as a quarterback to be successful. I, I'm trying to find a weakness, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think that more than anything makes him really good. You typically rely on, on well, you typically rely on veterans. You, you typically lean on veterans. How, how much of a pleasant surprise has Nick Bolton been, and how much yeah. does he remind you of someone like that despite only having these 10 games? Yeah, I'm trying to go back on my Rolodex of memories of who it might remind me of. I, I Listen, Nick's been impressive in a lot of ways um, with the way he plays and certainly the intelligence part of it. Uh, we've asked him to do a lot of different things, and that's hard for a veteran linebacker to do. And yet he doesn't blink. Um, Matt gets in there, you know, the things you don't see are the, you know, visual acts of commitment that our guys have, um, you know, because of some guys being in special teams. That linebacker crew, Ben and even Dan, um, are in there at Matt House early in the morning, 7 o'clock, before the, eight, the special teams meeting is at 8.15, but in there, they're in there working at 7 o'clock. That's showing up, um, getting back to Nick. Uh, been very impressive, yeah. You talked about you know, defending the scheme several times over the last few weeks. Is that any different whenever you have a team like Dallas you just kind of went through all the talent they have, or is that still kind of fundamentally true? Well, you got to begin there, I think, and then you got to – then the next step is who on that side do you have to take away? You know, we call them the, the game wreckers. You know, who, they have a lot of them over there. You can't take them all away. Um, but it would be scheme, and then it would be who do you got to take away to, you know, whoever they rely on. But, the, you know, you look at them, look at they can They can hand the ball off and run it effectively. You all see that. Uh, they got all kinds of weapons that they can throw it downfield, and the quarterback can make it go. I think he's really good. I, I've always felt that way. You, yeah. I mean, the last couple of weeks with Devontae Adams and then Darren Waller, you guys have done a pretty good job of taking away that top pass-catching option. Are you happy with how that's gone? Yeah. Um, you know, if you go back to those two games, certainly. I give a lot of credit to our guys and the coaches that got them ready to do that. This team's got more than just one or two. I mean, I think all three wideouts plus the running back and, and the quarterback can make you look bad, too. Coach, you mentioned the tackling. He seems very sure-handed out there. Just, I'm sorry, I missed the name. Sneed. Yes. His ability to make open field tackles. Yeah. How surprised are you that he's – that sure-handed, or is this something that you identified when you, when you drafted him? I, I, it doesn't surprise me, not the, the tape that I remember watching of him in college. I thought he did everything really well on college tape. He played safety, played corner, he tackled, he blitzed, he was physical. I mean, I really, I really did. Um, I was hopeful when we got him that he would be like he is right now. So I'm, I'm glad that worked out. When, when you played Chris Jones a lot as defensive end, was that more about you guys or more about what you saw from um, a little bit of both. Uh, I think we're going to try to have them in both spots, however it works out, you know, from the standpoint of how the game's going, where we feel we need them. We'll so keep you changing. Mentioned, you mentioned the guys being healthy. Uh, from a scheme standpoint, does that open up what you want to do? As far as yeah. 
I think so because the the guys that we're talking about that were kind of nicked up were the guys that have been around for a little bit and knew things. Um, I think it, it makes it more comfortable to open it up a little bit. Yeah, Coach, I think that's true. Uh, Fenton quickly uh, noticed that his snap count was up. Uh, even I missed the name. I'm sorry. Rashad Fenton. Just yep. a Quick thing on him. I noticed the snap count was up past Ward. Um, was that an injury thing or is that a? Uh, well, in this past game. Yeah. Yeah, Chavarius wasn't feeling well. I think he had to go into the locker room okay. at one point. Um, yeah, he he wouldn't he wouldn't. No, 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 no. That was that was more of a, how he was feeling. Just a couple more needs. You have one of the more varied blitz looks among defensive coordinators. Steve. I just wonder how you go about creating certain blitz looks for a certain opponent and how that's sort of developed for you throughout your career. You don't want me to give it all away. <laughs> <laughs> just a little tidbit. Um, I learned from Jim Johnson way back. Uh, when I was with him for those eight years in Philadelphia, and you all know who I'm talking about and how good he was. And he always began with um, looking at protections, kind of began the week there. Um, and I do the same thing. Now, the one thing that's a little bit different now, in my opinion, from years back when I was with Jim, is the offenses, offenses have gotten so good at having varied protections. Back then, there was one or two. Uh, now they've got a plethora of them. And so you, you're trying to find something uh, that'll give you a heads up on you should do this when you think they're going to be in that protection. But I go back to the Jim was very helpful that way. I learned a lot from him in that regard. So we're always trying to make that part of what we do right at the beginning of the week. Coach, uh, magnifying glass has been on Daniel Sorensen during the past few weeks. Got an Did it come off at all? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, does that <laughs> give him a sigh of relief at all? Have you seen I, I mean, you'd have to ask Dan. I can tell you this. I'm, Happy as heck for him and proud of him. Um, I don't like to give up on people, Not, especially a guy that has done the things that Dan has done for us in the past. Now, had he struggled, yeah. You know, I, I keep going back to the golfing analogy. You know, golfers struggle sometimes, when, the really good ones, you know. But I'm happy for him and I'm hoping it can be a building block. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank good. Yeah. Particularly in Las Vegas. It was good to see the offense uh, get back in sync. And then on the defensive side, uh, the gradual improvement that we've made over the last five weeks has reminded me a little of the improvement the defense made in 2019. Obviously, we have a big game uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, and then after the bye, uh, we have a number of games against our AFC West opponents, which will be very important. And with that, I'm happy to open it up to questions. Jerry going to bring a trophy with him? Uh, so, so I ran into Jerry about a month ago, and I reminded him that he needed to bring the trophy. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if he follows through, but we plan on getting it back for sure. Uh, Clark, um, when things weren't going well early in the season, Andy seemed to be, as usual, kind of a stabilizing force, stabilizing presence. How did you see that <clears throat> this time around? Um, if you did it, did you see that in him this time around and can maybe pass along a story or two in that regard? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, Andy, uh, regardless of how the prior week has gone, I, I think is always the same coach. And uh, I think that consistency is very important uh, to the team, particularly when you're going through a difficult period. And as I reflected on it, um, I thought about the, the long career that Andy's had. He certainly has had seasons where, where his teams, you know, have struggled uh, early in the season. 
and then been able to, to turn it around. And so uh, I, it reminded me how lucky we are to have Andy um, and his experience in a situation like that. Do you have any stories that maybe illustrate what you're talking about here? Uh, well, I, he and I obviously uh, speak every week, and um, uh, he kept reminding me that we were not that far. Um, just you know, looking whether it was the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and that the team was working really hard uh, during the week, uh, which he was encouraged by. He he saw the guys wanting to get better, wanting to get it turned around, um, and uh, you know felt that they would. And then obviously it came together last week. How comforting is it for you as an owner to, to know you have that stability in the locker room to keep the troops focused? Yeah, well, I, I can't say enough uh, positive things about Andy, uh, and we probably ought to extend it to his staff as well. Um, that's a, a very experienced coaching staff with a lot of talent on it, uh, a lot of people who've been in the league for a, a very long time. Um, you know, uh, Steve Spagnola on the defensive side, obviously the first five weeks, <clears throat> didn't go how he would have hoped or, or we as an organization. Uh, but he's a coach, again, who's, who's been through these kind of battles. And, uh, you know, he, he just kept emphasizing the fundamentals and, and helping the guys with the scheme. And, and uh, uh, we've seen the fruits of that over the last five weeks. It's been out there for a while now. The Royals are exploring a, a downtown ballpark. What's your take on that and how might it impact things over here for the Chiefs? Yeah. Um, uh, so John Sherman uh, uh, was uh, thoughtful enough to, to give us a heads up uh, that they were going to, to make that announcement and that it was something that they're considering. Obviously, uh, we've been uh, connected to the Royals uh, for almost 50 years now uh, here at the sports complex. And so uh, their decision on their long-term future will have an impact on us. Um, and uh, you know we're going to watch uh, as they go through the process, and at some point here in the next uh, year or so, start thinking about what's next uh, you know, for the Chiefs from a stadium standpoint. Is there anything that, is there anything that uh, Clark, in terms of the stadium, is there anything that you envision or, or that you want to do, whether it involves the Royals or, or not, in, in the near future? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, we think that GEHA Field at Arrowhead is still one of the finest stadiums uh, in the National Football League, and the renovation that we completed about 11 or 12 years ago uh, really brought the, the stadium um, in, into the top tier, back into the top tier in the, in the National Football League. Obviously, uh, things change, um, and... Uh, um, the, the way fans uh, uh, want to consume the game and, and the kind of spaces that you need, those things change over time, and, and we're paying attention to that. Uh, we've had beautiful stadiums open now in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, and um, <clears throat> there'll be things uh, when we get to the end of our lease uh, here in nine or so years that I'm sure that, that we'll want to incorporate uh, into the stadium. Um, one possibility will be a, another renovation of Arrowhead. Look at um, some of these other new stadiums. They have districts around them, so other stuff to do besides just just go to the game. I know this is several steps away, but when the Royals talk about potentially moving downtown, would you envision something that you know would, would be more entertainment around here? Yeah, one of the great things about the sports complex is how big it is, and that's uh, created the opportunity for our fans to have the the tremendous uh, tailgate experience that that they have. Uh, before the the game 
each week. Uh, so we're, we're fortunate to have that, that kind of built-in experience already. Um, obviously, it, if, if the Royals weren't, weren't playing at the sports complex, it would open up more space um, and maybe allow us to do some different programming that we haven't done in the past. We know that uh, Patrick Mahomes' fiance, Brittany, has been involved in women's soccer around here, and, and Patrick has gotten involved with Sporting KC. I know that soccer has been important to, to your family. What's it been like to connect uh, on that basis, owning an MLS team yourself, competition committee, and all that? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick and I, earlier this year when FC Dallas and Sporting KC were playing, we, we, we had uh, uh, some fun conversations uh, before those games. Uh, obviously, Sporting's having a, a great season, and I wish them uh, the best in the playoffs. And just really want to com commend both Pat Patrick and Brittany on what they've done to invest back in the community, whether it's uh, with, with Sporting or uh, the NWSL team. Um, uh, or the Royals, uh, for that matter, since Patrick's also a minority owner, owner there. I, I just really applaud their uh, efforts and desire to get involved and support the community. I know we're, we're through 10 games now um, of having fans back in every NFL venue. I'm just wondering, as part of the finance committee, how the season has gone based on what you guys projected maybe before the season began and how the business has sort of impacted uh, the team's finances so far this season. <clears throat> Uh, so I would say as a whole, the, the season has gone better uh, than uh, we projected. Uh, there was certainly uncertainty going into the season as to whether we would be able to have full buildings in, in every market. And at least to, that, to this point, that's been possible, uh, which that, that's been a, a positive. Uh, there are obviously additional costs uh, that you know, we first incurred uh, last year with all the testing and protocols. Uh, that are surrounding uh, the, the uh, COVID issue. And uh, those had, haven't gone away, but I, I think as a whole, uh, at least to this point, the league has fared better than we would have anticipated. Is there an example that gives you um, as to why it's maybe better than you anticipated early in the year? Is there certain benchmarks that you thought maybe uh, that were sort of uncertain when the season began? Well, I think if you go back to the summer, there were still a number of NFL markets uh, where the local government or the state government had not approved the team having a full building. Um, and there was some question as to whether that would happen. We were pretty confident that we were going to be able to, to do it here. Um, but uh, there, there were other markets, uh, you know, in New York and California where we just didn't know how that was going to sort out. And uh, fortunately, uh, before the season got started in August, uh, every team was green-lighted to have a full building. One element on the field this year that's been a little bit more talked about is the emphasis on taunting penalties. I'm just curious what your perspective was like as those meetings were being had before the season <clears> and how you feel like that's impacted the game, either for better or for worse. Yeah, uh, overall, I think the emphasis on the taunting uh, has been a positive. Um, uh, it, it's one of those things uh, where you, when you look at it from afar, it's an easy thing to, to support, you know, not doing. Uh, the, the players as a whole, the players union have been very supportive of it. When it happens to you, when you get a, a flag on it on a week-to-week -week basis, you tend to have a little bit different perspective on it and a lot of times don't feel that the, the call was appropriate. Uh, but that, that's the nature of probably a lot of uh, NFL penalties as well. Organization, you made a, a major decision to go and get Orlando Brown uh, ahead of 
what was the season, and Tyron Matthew is still <coughs> ongoing, and that's going to be a big decision this offseason. Just how ongoing are those discussions with Brett as to the plan there, or is that something you guys say, you know, we're going to leave till the next offseason? Uh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, we've been delighted to have Orlando uh, part of the organization. I mean, really, he and his offensive line teammates ha have done a great job of really rebuilding what was a weakness for us at the end of, of last year. So uh, we're very happy and glad about uh, that decision. Um, th at this point, you really put uh, contract issues on the on the back burner. Those will be things that will get taken care of in the offseason. You and Brett both said during the summer that you wanted to sign Tyron to an extension. Have those plans changed, or do you still intend to at least investigate it and at least try to get something done there? Yeah, those plans haven't changed at all. Um, it was something that, that we discussed uh, with Tyron and his representative uh, in the off offseason um, uh, before we started playing regular season games. But really, once we got into the season, it's really best for both parties uh, to, to wait to, to the end of the year. And uh, we would obviously love to have Tyron back, uh, not only for his play on the field, but his leadership as well. Clark, there's this ongoing case in St. Louis, of course, with them relocating. I understand because it's ongoing, that probably limits your ability to comment. But I have to ask the question anyway. Do you, do you have any comment on what's going on there? I, uh, unfortunately, I, I can't comment on it because it's active uh, litigation, so I, I apologize. Uh, Clark Oiler, you spoke a bit about this in the context of Coach Reed, but on a wider scale, what can you say about the resiliency of this year's team? Obviously, quite a standard has been set, but to battle back from some struggles early on to where they are now, what can you say about that? Yeah, well, every NFL season is going to be different. Uh, obviously, we had the experience last year uh, where we won almost every regular season game. Uh, um, with the exception of an early game against the Raiders and then the last game where we didn't play the starters. And so uh, going into the season, I think that was the expectation that we'd do it again. Well, it just doesn't work that way in the National Football League. Uh, there's too much parity. Uh, the teams are, are too good. And uh, every season is going to have its, its ups and downs. And we're lucky to have a very resilient group of players, um, you know, starting with our team leaders, uh, Tyron Matthew, who we talked about, Patrick on, on the offense, Travis Kelsey, uh, and then the coaching staff. Uh, I think they played a key role in sort of keeping the group together, keeping them focused on the, on the task at hand. And um, I think they, they told the guys that, look, if we just keep working on it, keep getting better every week, it's going to turn our way. And we've started to see that in recent weeks. We'll go last to uh, Nate. Uh, Clark, it's been widely known that Roger Goodell at some point will be in negotiation with television deals upcoming with the league in terms of how that might project the, the future of the, of the NFL's business. I'm just wondering, when you say that the league has done better than you expected at this point financially, how do you think the TV negotiations will go and how much do you think that may impact the coming years, whether it relates to the Chiefs in terms of uh, what you guys can operate with with the salary cap and as the league as a whole? Um, so uh, the network negotiations are an ongoing process, although many of the packages were, were negotiated earlier this year. Um, now, they don't kick in, the new packages don't kick in until 2023 uh, for the most part. Uh, next year is the last year of the, the old deal. Um, so a lot of that work's already been done, but there's still uh, a few out there that, that are yet to be done. And uh, I think the league is just very fortunate to – 
uh, continue to have a, a unique place uh, from a media standpoint. Uh, when you look, look at uh, uh, network television, the ratings for almost everything, including a lot of other sports, are going down, and the NFL has been able to weather that and, and actually has grown it, its uh, fan base uh, watching the league on TV. Uh, the same thing from a digital standpoint. There's been tremendous growth in, in fans consuming NFL content digitally, so uh, that's a new opportunity, and that's part of some of those packages. Uh, so it's a, it's a key part to, to the business. Um, I, I think one of the great things about this season, um, not speaking from a Chiefs standpoint, is how competitive so many of the games have been. Um, I, you know, just turning on the games on the weekend or on Monday or Thursday, there have been so many close games that have uh, either gone to overtime or almost gone to overtime, and that's made for very uh, compelling TV. Last one, Adam. Uh, Clark, um, Pat, as you know, has bought into Sporting Kansas City, bought into the <clears> Royals. He's talked about maybe getting into ownership once his playing days are over. Has uh, he asked you any questions? Has he tried to pick your brain, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, about what it's like to be a, a pro sports owner? Uh, you no, know, he hasn't, uh, but um, I know he'll be a tremendous owner. Uh, both in the role that he, he has uh, with, with sporting the Royals at this point, but also if he chose to do something um, you know bigger after his playing career is over, um, I know he'll be a fantastic uh, owner. We know he's a, a very uh, quick learner. Um, I just hope that uh, we're talking about this 25 years from now. <laughs> how, do, how do you know, though? How do you know what, what, other than he's a quick learner, how do you know yeah, well, I, I think one of the things we've seen in Patrick uh, in his young career in the NFL is what a tremendous leader he is, right, and how, how well he works with different groups of people. And uh, that's just uh, that's a quality that I think will serve him well uh, if he chooses to get into pro sports ownership or any kind of business uh, endeavors down the road. I think that'll, that'll be a great asset for him. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Mid-season media day continues on today's From the Podium. We continue on with Andy Heck, followed by Brendan Daly, followed by Sam Madison, and we'll finish things up with Joe Bleemeyer. Fire away. What do you got? Andy, um, Trey Smith and um, Creed, are they a, maybe a, a beyond what you might expect from rookies at this point in their careers? Um, yes, in, in some respects you could say that. I mean, I'm definitely pleased with 
how these young men are working, uh, and then showing improvement, growing, you know, as a, as a unit, a new unit at the beginning of the year. And so every week, you see us, you know, grabbing onto one more detail, but particularly those young guys. And uh, <clears throat> when you talk about Creed in there at the center position, kind of quarterbacking uh, the O line, he, he's been outstanding. I mean, operating at a veteran level uh, from the get-go. <clears throat> and then Trey has done, you know, a great job of being a physical presence in there, um, you know, getting after guys physically and then showing some improvement as a, a pass protector and a run blocker. When, this, when you open camp, you open with those guys first snap as your starters. What did you see from them before they even played it down for you that indicated that they could turn into this? Right. Uh, well, certainly our scouting department's uh, work in the draft uh, on both these guys, and then I had a chance to study them as well. So we knew we were getting good football players. Um, and then, you know, right from the get-go uh, from the OTA's uh, work, uh, you know, Creed kind of showed that he, he could handle, like there was nothing he couldn't handle in there. So. Uh, we said, look, let's get the ball rolling right there at the center spot. And then with Trey, you know, we had uh, Kyle in there. We had uh, some other guys in there. And then there was a practice where he stepped in. And what jumps out at you is his uh, physical uh, dominance, you know, his strength, his size, his aggressiveness. <clears throat> and so while there's a learning curve going on there, uh, he brings something, uh, an A-plus talent to the table, uh, something special going on there. So definitely worth working with. Both those guys played a lot, started a lot of games at high college level. Could you tell that when you're working with them when they came in, that these were guys that maybe had more experience than some of the guys you see walking through the door? I would say especially, uh, yes, in Creed's uh, case. Um, you know, Trey's a guy who played uh, on Saturday uh, against all that great competition, but hadn't really practiced a whole lot. And so still, you know, is still developing some of these fundamental things that we're working on. We all are. Yeah. Coach, you, you had Mitch Moore start as a, a rookie center. Is it fair to say it's easier to start um, as a rookie in the interior than it might be putting someone out on an island in the tackle position? Uh, it may be. I'm not sure about that. You know, I, I think tackles are on display for everyone to easily see any little error. You know, they're out there and that's in space. Uh, much like a cover corner, uh, and so some things can, you know, get hidden to the naked eye on the interior. Um, that said, um, that, that's tough work in there uh, on those interior spots. Both um, mentally, it's challenging, more challenging, more going on, uh, little details, little angles, um, and then uh, physically, man, that that's uh, that's pretty noisy in there. Speaking of the tackle position, how far have you seen Orlando come to this point um, since the beginning of the season? Yeah, he's come a long way. I've really been pleased with how he's uh, worked and progressed every every day, every week. Uh, he's a football guy. He loves football. He wants to be great. Uh, so you can work with that. And, uh, you know, there's an element of learning the offense, and there's so many little details, angles, this, that, the other, communication. It takes time to pick these things up, and every, and it's not just Orlando, but across the board, you know, that's what's happening with these guys. They're, they're grabbing onto some of these things. You mentioned Creed operating at a federal level, and, and given your experience, you've been doing this a long time as an offensive line coach. How rare is that in your experience to find that quickly in a rookie? Uh, it has seemed awfully rare to me, yeah. Uh, but 
you, you start with uh, good people who love football. Uh, and so uh, there's going to be different, you know, learning curves that go on there. Uh, we, we've had some good people and good football players that love football uh, here. I've had a privilege to coach a few of them, and, and Creed is among the best of that group right there. On the right side. Uh, Last two. Uh, on the right side, has been the only spot. You know, you've actually had some turnover this year, where you, you have Lucas and then Rivers, and then obviously now Wiley's gotten these last game and a half or whatever. Can you speak a little bit to kind of each of those three guys? What you what you saw from Niang, why you thought Rivers would be a good fit there, and then what Wiley's done since being kind of forced into action there? Yeah, you bet. Um, so, uh, you know, starting with Lucas, another young guy, <coughs> big physical presence in a, in a good pass protector. So he's working, excuse me, with some good fundamentals right from the get-go. And uh, so he, he's been learning, working hard. He's another guy that wants to be an excellent football player. He got nicked up. Or, or I'll tell you, at a point when we put Mike in there, the thing that Mike brings to the table is not only his versatility, uh, but his veteran leadership and, and just uh, felt like it was the right time to infuse some of that energy that he brings. I mean, he's a physical, fun guy that loves to get after people. Uh, and can do the job at multiple positions. And so that was a good infusion of uh, energy right there. And then Andrew, very similar uh, to Mike in that way, a versatile guy who loves ball. Um, and you can go ask him to do any number of jobs and do it at a high level. Was that Wiley's best job that you've seen at right tackle? And what kind of, what kind of you think <clears throat> led to that kind of performance Sunday night? Yeah. Uh, well, Andrew's got you know some games under his belt now, so he he's an experienced guy, um, and it, was it his best? You know, I don't know. I was really proud of him. He had a great challenge in working against an old teammate, uh, a, a very good rusher, and and he went out there and battled. And then hey, he won some, he lost some. But what, the thing I was most pleased about was uh, okay, he got me on that one, and he came right back and then put together a great snap against him. And that and that's one of the things I love about Andrew. And you know. At a moment's notice, I could say, hey, go jump in there, left guard. He would do it uh, and do a nice job. You know, I, there's a number of factors there, I think. Um, I think that's something we're going to evaluate week to week. You know, we did a little bit of him inside and outside in that game. I think each week there's some different things to consider, and there's never like one solid reason in terms of where he's going to go and how we're going to deploy that. I think you try to make the decision, okay, what do we need to do to win this game? How do we best utilize the personnel that we've got available to do that, right? Um, and I'd say there's some different reasons week to week, you know, whether it be run game, pass game, what that team does protection-wise. Maybe it's a matchup uh, on, on one end or the other. So, uh, you know, that's kind of an ongoing process that changes. Yeah, I didn't have any experience with him kind of personally. Um, I've always admired him from a distance. I evaluated him in the draft process and have seen him, you know, obviously in, in the division and on crossover tape over the years. Had a lot of respect for him from that perspective, you know. Um, but I hadn't been spending any time with him in any capacity. Um, it's been great. He's a true professional. Um, he's done an extremely good job of coming in and learning the system and learning the scheme. He's handled a high volume of information at a pretty high level. 
Um, not that he hasn't made any mistakes, but I would say it's been pretty impressive the amount of information that he's been able to obtain, uh, to digest, and then also go out and execute. Um, so I've been impressed with his work ethic in that regard. Having him now in the lineup, what, what is that? What capabilities do you have, maybe that you didn't have before he came around? You know, maybe it gives you a little more freedom with Chris to do whatever you want to do. But other than that. Um, are there other things maybe where he's had an impact? I, I'd say we're still going to, we're still in the process of figuring that out. It's still new. You know, like I mentioned, we kind of, you know, week one, we gave him, okay, here's a small package to learn and understand. Did a great job with that. The second week, we kind of expanded that. Um, did a great job there. We're kind of still working through all of that. I think it definitely gives you depth. I think it gives you some options. It gives you some versatility. Um, we're still kind of in the process, okay, there's a certain number of things you think this guy can do well. That seems like something he's going to be good at. You don't know until you get him out there and you actually see him function in those roles. So we're still working through that, you know, and I think we'll continue to grow as that goes forward. We'll see how it goes. Jared Reed looked like he had a big game the other night, and Derek Nottie seems like he's playing better than he was early in the season. I know he was kind of dinged early in the year. But anything else you can point to with those two guys, why maybe their, their games are coming around? You know, I think they've been working at it. I don't have one specific, you know, here's the reason why answer. I do agree with your assessment there. I think both of those guys have, week in and week out, just continued to work, continued to get better, continued to uh, refine what they're doing. In Nadi's case, he was dealing with some injury stuff. And I would say maybe even more the, uh, not the injury, but he didn't have a lot of reps in training camp based on the injury stuff, so it took him a little bit of time to kind of knock the rust off and get playing from a skill standpoint where he would be. You need to practice, you know. Many guys do. Most guys do, I should say. So I can't point to one thing. And, and honestly, to that situation, I would say I hope that's what all of us are doing, you know. Um, it's a long season, and over the course of 17, 18 weeks and, and whatever else you may earn through that course of time hopefully you're getting better each week and if you're not then we need to adjust what we're doing and I hope that continues to be quite honest with um I asked Steve about sort of the blitz packaging I just wonder from an offensive or excuse me from an assistant coach sort of position how do you what's the best part about putting the blitz package together for a certain week and then what have you sort of noticed and learned about how Steve goes about trying to attack a quarterback in the blitz well, I think, you know, you're not just up there throwing blitzes up against the wall and hoping that something hits. You know, there's a rhyme and a reason. You're trying to attack protections. You're trying to attack personnel at times. Um, you're trying to anticipate what the offensive adjustments to those packages may be. Are they going to bring people in and block it up? Are they going to empty you out? Are they going to try to get you into bad matchups somewhere? Um, so there's a lot of strategy that, that goes into that, you know. Um, you get into, okay, are we going to have checks with it where there's some thinking involved, or are we just going to cut it loose and play? So um, that strategy I think you enjoy as a coach. You know, I enjoy that part of it anyway week to week, and uh, doesn't mean you always get it right, but uh, hopefully there's a, a good plan in place, and if it doesn't work out the way you hope it does, then you adjust as you, you go through the course of the game. And maybe some weeks it's, you know, we're not going to blitz as much, you know, um, which is a good answer as well sometimes. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.
Well, I mean, this is a toss-up. I mean, you know, we had some injuries early. Uh, Ward went down. Um, Fenton was starting one game. Then he went down. Um, you know, we had to bring Baker in for a couple of snaps. So it's just been a revolving door. So, you know, that's what this league is all about, next man up. And, um, you know, we try to give all these guys the same techniques and the same, you know, things throughout the course of practice. Some guys get more practice than others. But, you know, when your number's called, you got to be ready to go. That's what this league is about. Jarius had a little bit slower start to this year, and now he's starting to really come on. Have you sensed that, and maybe what led to him kind of coming on mid-year here? Um, a lot going on. Um, you know, uh, last year, you know, we brought him in to play corner. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, Breland came back, and then we saw that he was very good tackling, moved to nickel, so a lot of other learning. But, you know, in his senior year, he did play a little bit of safety, and uh, that was something that Coach Spags saw that he was able to play from the inside. So still a learning curve for him. You know, um, yeah, he played a lot in there last year for us, but yet and still, when you move from division to division, playing different guys, you see a lot of different things. So he still haven't had a lot of reps at that. Um, so it's on-the-job on learning for him. But, um, you know, his confidence has has definitely skyrocketed a little bit. You know, he's being where he's supposed to be, and he's doing it at a high level. So um, just watching him going out there and being physical at tackling, um, you know, that was something that Coach Spag really noticed, you know, from day one and then have an opportunity to move him in there at the nickel position. But he's still learning. What kind of mentality goes into a cornerback who is willing to stick his nose in there and make those kinds of <laughs> Hey, man, you know, this is a Warriors, Warriors type game. And, um, you know, he's definitely one of those guys. So, um, you know, from, from day one, he's always been a physical, um, you know, corner for us. He's always displayed uh, the mentality to go in there and tackle, tackle and not really, you know, think about his body. And that's what you really look for, a guy that's relentless, want to go in there, give up his body for his team, for his teammates. And that's what he does. He does it every single play. He does it every down. Um, he thinks about some things, but that's just not one of them that he thinks about. He's just going to go and do it uh, every time he has the opportunity to. Is he a better tackler than you were when you were back in Absolutely. Year? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, some guys are, are cover guys, and I put myself in that category. And some guys are thumpers, and I add him and Pat Sertan to that list. But, uh, yeah, much better than I was. You've, uh, you've been, obviously, a player in the league, Sam. I just wonder, from your standpoint, when you know you guys on the defensive side of the ball are blitzing, how that sort of changes the, the thought process, the assignments maybe as a cornerback, and how that may even relate to the guys on the field with you guys right now? Um, one of the things you have to understand and know, you know, how teams are trying to attack you, you know, down in distance, you know, uh, the game scenarios, situations, um, all of those things go uh, into effect when you're out there. Uh, should I press? Should I jam? Should I quick jam? Should I give a little ground? Um, and, and Coach Reed does a very good job throughout the course of training camp and even now in practice giving us situational football as well as Coach Spag. So we try to put these guys in as many uh, situations um, that we see that comes up, you know, during the week or around the league, you know, every single week and try to give them these t type of scenarios. But, you know, you have to be the, the coach on the field. And that's why, you know, when you look at EB as well as, uh, you know, Coach Spags, hey, we need you guys to be able to come over tell us exactly what you're seeing because we missed some things. But, you know, once we're able to get to the sideline, make some adjustments and, you know, just give these guys little pointers and little tips. And those are the things that, you know, I really try to, you know, hammer out with our young guys um, because a lot of them are still young. They, they None of them have been in there on a continuous basis to be able to grab all the different things that people can and how they can attack you. And that's why I try to attack every single day with these guys. 
Coach, you talked about Snead's success this season. He was really good against Green Bay, in particular against Devontae Adams. Yeah. How special is that for a second-year corner to find that much success against such an accomplished receiver? And what can that do for his confidence? Um, it, it can skyrocket it, you know, and then it can go one way, it can go the other. But, you know, for him to make that play after, you know, the Tennessee game and, you know, having some bad plays throughout the course of this season, you know, it, it, it helps. And, you know, we always say that, you know, as a defensive back, they come in bunches, you know, big plays, opportunities, and then the teams that you're playing um, with the way that they present their offense, you just got to be, be able to go out there and make that play and know that you've had it throughout the course of the week, throughout the course of training camp, and know when that play comes up, you have to go out there and be able to do it. And, and he shows and displays uh, the capability to do it every single play. So it's just fun to be able to see him, watch, to watch him grow and see him process things, but yet and still when it comes time and it's in live bullets, you know he goes out there and he, and he gets it done. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Hey, Joe. Um, Tariq was talking after the game in Vegas the other night. Um, he, he's had to adjust his game like a lot of guys have. How much work have you had to do with him, not, not necessarily the coaching part, but maybe the mental part of it? Hey, you can do these kinds of things. You know, not everything has to be a, you know, a nine route or a post or whatever. I mean, have you had to do some work with him in that regard? Yeah, I think him and just the whole offense in general, just kind of the identity, what we're used to, um, the kind of what got us going in the past. It, it's just all an adjustment period. And for Tyreek, I mean, we know he, he's made so many plays going down the field, and he loves doing that. We still ask him to do that. But at times, like he was saying, the 12-yard ends or the back, you know, facing the quarterback, back to the defense type of routes that uh, there are open for him that that's what we need from him. So it hasn't necessarily been him specifically. I think it's just a, an illustration of the whole offense. He, he sort of said that that was a, a difficult transition for yeah. him to make. I mean, have you seen that? Is that your assessment of it as well, that it was difficult for him to Well, make? yeah, I wouldn't say. He's always asking for to run different routes and more types of routes and more variety. So uh, at times I just remind him, you, you were asking for these routes back in the day when you were just running down the field. But it's not. it's more mentally – just uh, the role in the offense, how to get going, what we need from you. Uh, teams are giving us completions short, catch, get what you can, line back up, do it again. And that's what we'll do down the field as opposed to uh, just running past them. Joe, what's the reasonable expectation from Josh Gordon based on what you've seen so far to expect from him for the rest of this year? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an uh, expectation in terms of like a box score stat line or anything. He's been... Yeah, um, can, he's continuing to grow in all facets of the offense. He he works crazy hard, super smart. He's picked it up and continues to pick it up. Um, his time will come in production. We're increasing the variety of both where he lines up and what he does. And he's, um, with that increased variety, he's uh, succeeded at it. So the, the production in the box score will come. For, for, the, you know, I mean, for that position, Obviously, coming in at this time would be difficult, it, it seems like, no matter what. But for getting on the same page with the quarterback, and then also for a guy that just hasn't played in two years, can you kind of just speak to the difficulty of those two elements of what he's going through? Yeah, there's just, and he's a veteran guy, so he knows it, but there's just so much um, kind of between the lines or uh, that goes unsaid with a route that's drawn on paper or a depth that we have uh, in the meeting room when we go out onto the field versus 
the way the defense is playing, the way a, a look presents itself, the timing of the rush or whatever it may be. There's all sorts of different variables that can just affect it. And he knows that he's been in the league long enough to know it, how it, how it pertains to this specific offense is just the whole learning curve. Uh, that takes a little bit of time, really, just out on the field. Usually that time comes in the offseason, training camp, uh, as you go through practice. He's just working through that right now. You might not have Marcus Kemp this week, obviously on the reserve COVID list. How does that affect your receiver group, especially on special teams? Yeah, I mean, uh, next man up. So we'll have we'll have people ready to go, and when their opportunity this week arises, they'll go make the most of it. But we'll definitely miss Kemp. Um, jack of all trades, like you said, in special teams, and also being able to just fill in at any point for anybody uh, on the offensive side. That was really a, a big safety net kind of on the sidelines during the game. So next guy up, we'll have guys ready. They'll be excited for it. But like you said, definitely miss him. How do you you see McCole Hardman maybe transitioning and growing from what is an orchestrated touch guy to maybe a downfield asset for what would be his career and and how he wants to grow? Yeah. I mean, we're trying to get McCole the ball as much as we can. When he has the ball in his hands, uh, he's special to watch. And then that kind of just falls into sort of what we were talking to earlier, just the version of this offense with the defenses that we're seeing, how can we incorporate getting him the touches, uh, everybody else as well, Tyreek, Kelsey, d Rob. I mean, the list goes on with Pringle. So we're just trying to find that balance. Um, we want McCole utilizing his speed because he's got great speed. We want the ball in his hands. I mean, all the different facets of being an NFL receiver uh, we want to utilize with him. It's just finding the, the right spot with everybody else and, and kind of like what we're seeing. When the offense was kind of struggling to go through a slump, both Andy Reid and, and Eric talked about the mistakes, and, and drops were part of that. As a receiver coach, I mean, how? I mean, is that anything you can coach? Is that just you know a bad luck thing as you can go through? Or, I mean, how do you coach the drops when you see that? Yeah, I think there each one is different. You know, you can look at the situation. Uh, was it a concentration issue? Was it, you know, trying to make too much? Was it a uh, defense? Was the defender make a good play, or was there traffic? You know, each one is specific, but we do address them. Uh, obviously, no one wants to drop it, and uh, no one's trying to. But if you can pinpoint kind of the root cause, and knowing that there's they're not all the same. You know, not every drop is cause the same each one, and then everybody else just learning from. Uh, the previous drops or what's out there and what to look out for. That's kind of how you address it. And then we work on it. I mean, the guys work on it all the time, different receiving drills, catching drills. Uh, you can just never get enough of that. Does it, does it still surprise you when you have a guy like Tyreek who's so consistent catching the ball that when he has drops, does it, does it surprise you? Yeah, I mean, anytime any of the guys drop it, yeah, it, it does surprise me especially. But Tyreek, I mean, he's made uh, every catch in the book, ridiculous catches. And um, so sometimes you can take it for granted that it's just going to be a catch. So when it happens, uh, definitely surprising. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Thank you.